In the Perspectrum podcast, we discuss controversial topics. Outside of this context, Michael and I are both working professionals. While doing this show, we are not acting as agents or representatives of our respective institutions. And none of the views that we express reflect the outlooks of our employers. So don't come to my office and throw toilet paper at me. And I don't have an office, but don't come to my cube. Hello and welcome to the Perspectrum. I'm Michael Bloom. And I'm Nathan Seelove. Tonight we have a super exciting, fun episode for you. For our first segment, we're basically doing a shit conservative say. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, it's another it's another check in of hey conservatives, are you okay? We're, we're yeah. worried about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for our second segment, we are talking about the Twitter files because we can't not. Mm. Um, and for our last segment, we're going to be talking about human, like evolutionary psychology and, and its relationship to like individualism versus collectivism. Mm. That sounds super intelligent and smart. <laughs> well, when you say it that way, we're going to be like, uh, human brain good for, <laughs> for working together. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, making things sound smarter than they are. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Michael, what are the COVID numbers? <laughs> Great. So worldwide at this point, we've hit 655 million total cases with uh, seven-day average daily cases uh, of 484,000, which is actually way up from two weeks ago when we were at 381,000. So about 100,000 new cases, more, more new cases per day than there were two weeks ago. Um, in terms of death, we've hit 6.66 million total deaths worldwide with a seven-day average daily deaths of 1,343, which is also um, up pretty significantly from a couple weeks ago uh, when we were at 1,090. In terms of vaccination, 68.6% of the world's population has at least one dose, and 63.1% are fully vaccinated. In terms of the U.S., we've hit 101 million total cases, with average daily new cases over the last seven days of 44,000, which is actually nearly double where it was two weeks ago, when we were about 22,000, which is crazy. Um, in terms of death, we've hit 1.11 million total deaths, with average daily deaths over the last seven days of 278, which is up from 177. In terms of total vaccination in the U.S., we've hit 80.5% of the population with at least one dose and 68.9% that are fully vaccinated. So pretty much all of the numbers are going in the wrong direction these week, this, this week. Mm. Yeah. It sucks. You know what else is going in the wrong direction, Michael? America. <laughs> Specifically the American right wing. Yeah. Well, fair enough. <laughs> they just keep going more right. Yeah. Yeah. More right. So for our first segment, we are diving into, a, like, there were just too many stories over the yeah. last couple of weeks that we just had to talk about. Um, and so we yeah. thought we'd bundle them up. And some of them are kind of ass-hatty. Some of them are D-baggy. Uh, yeah. And we thought we would just bundle them up into, like, you know, another crazy shit Republicans say, <laughs> are you guys okay? Like, is some, like, blink twice if someone's holding a gun to your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, what was funny was... This originally came about because I, when we had our prep conversation, I was specifically telling Michael, oh, I got an idea for Asshat this week. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have like 15 different ideas <laughs> for Asshat this week. And as we kept going through each of them, we were just like, you know what? We just got to make this a whole segment. Yeah. Because 
there's just some weird shit that has happened this week that we just we just have to talk about for sure um and and actually even beyond this week because we we were off last week mm-hmm. so this this includes stuff from this week and the previous week yeah so first off we got to talk about the only black nazi that i've ever heard of in my entire life, I didn't think it was possible yeah. to be a black Nazi, but apparently it's possible to be a black Nazi. Yeah, um, I mean, another way that Kanye is really innovating. That is true. That is... <laughs> now, innovation doesn't have to be good, people. It can be that bad. is true. <laughs> yeah. So technically, robots taking over the earth would be innovation. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if we got a chance on the pod to talk about the interview that. Kanye West had with Alex Jones, mm. but um, Alex Jones interviewed Kanye West, and Alex Jones wasn't the most extreme person in that interview. Alex Jones, is... I will take it a step further. Alex Jones was the guy I was cheering for. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking cr- <laughs> Alex Jones of like recording his aneurysms live. Yeah, and, like a show just full of conspiracy theory bullshit. Alex Jones of being, uh, like assessed like over a billion dollars in damages for defaming the parents of Sandy Hook victims. That Alex Jones. Yeah, the Alex was not Jones the that said person on that call. The Alex Jones that said that the government was putting chemicals into the water to make frogs gay. Yeah, that exactly. Alex Jones. The Alex Jones that when he got banned from YouTube, he did this weird segment where he wore a donkey mask and talked about how like the communists were invading America. Mm-hmm. And he did this really weird, like guttural, like, and they will come on our short. Like he, he went on this whole weird rant that Alex Jones, he was the guy who was the sane one. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who I thought was making reasonable arguments as he was trying to calm down Kanye West. Yeah. Fucking crazy. So Kanye decides to go on his show and straight up praise Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> like, he said, quote, I like Hitler. And a few minutes later, he said, I love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. <laughs> now, we're, that's Hitler. Like, of... You know, famous from things like murdering 6 million Jews and 5 million non-Jewish people during the Holocaust, which is about the same as the population of Georgia. Yeah. It's like murdering all of Georgia. Yeah. Hitler of World War II, during which 40 to 50 million people died. Yeah. And Alex Jones had to try to explain to Kanye West why Hitler was bad. Yeah. And it didn't work. (laughs) And it didn't work. So then Gavin McGinnis, the fucking founder of Proud Boys, (laughs) the founder of Proud Boys, he tried to explain to Kanye West why Hitler was bad. Kanye... (laughs) Kanye and he handed couldn't Kanye do it either. His beer and was like, "Here, hold my beer. I got this." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, founder of white supremacist group, the Proud Boys, uh, was was defending liberalism <laughs> relative to to fucking Kanye when yeah. Kanye was calling for Jewish people to quote forgive Hitler, and and went on to say shit like, "Jews should work for Christians. I'll hire a Jewish person in a second if I knew they weren't a spy." 
and I could look through their phone and follow through their house and have a camera all in their living room. <laughs> so literally big brother for Jewish people. Exactly. Like, like I want big brother fuck? for Jewish people. <laughs> we like like what? Like what the fuck? We have seen yeah. this before. This is like Hitler. Yes. I mean Black Hitler. <laughs> this is a fucking Dave Chappelle bit. Yeah. This yeah, it's the black white supremacist. Yeah. Like like what the fuck? What the actual fuck? I mean, he he went on to say that uh Jewish people were responsible for Hitler's reputation. Uh counterpoint, no they're not. <laughs> no, it's classic victim blaming. Yeah. All right. Exactly. But like he he I mean, he he went on to say, quote we make our reputations, and that was made by Jewish people. But some of it, it's incorrect. Also, the Holocaust was not the only Holocaust. So for them to take that and claim, we have abortion right now. That's eugenics. That's genocide. That's a Holocaust that we're dealing with right now. So because Jewish people control the majority of media, along with the banks, along with real estate, along with malls, so, like, not only is he anti-Semitic, he's fucking incomprehensible yeah, he as he tries to explain sense. it. Like, he, he, he goes from the Holocaust was not the only Holocaust to abortion was the Holocaust to Jews control the media and banks and real estate and it's malls, apparently, which, which, which there aren't really... Who goes to malls anymore, yeah. anyway? <laughs> and, like, how do Jewish people control malls? And how does that control anything? Yeah. Like... like <laughs> Who keeps giving this guy a fucking microphone? Like, it's just absolutely absurd. He is just the worst of the worst. Yeah. This was after Gavin McGinnis tried to point out to Kanye West that Hitler has a historically bad reputation. It's like, and he's like, yeah, well, that's only because of the Jewish people. It's like, yeah, it's because he killed the Jewish yeah, people. It's an earned one. It's he a very, it. it's a really fucking earned one. I can't and believe if you wanna, we have to say that. <laughs> yeah. And if, you're, if your point is like, so Holocaust is not the only Holocaust that's happened. You're, you mean like, it's not the only genocide that's happened? Did you mm. seriously just all genocides matter this? Jesus fucking You just all genocides mattered this shit. Mm. Like, yes, other genocides exist. Anybody who commits a genocide is bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Abortion's not genocide, though. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should be that's, clear. That's, that's another important it. point. Yeah, abortion is, is not it, genocide. Nor is it eugenics by de, you know, but it's not eugenics by definition. By, yeah, it's not eugenics by definition. Has yeah. it been used? Sure. As eugenics in the past, sure. When it's yeah. forced, that's why we're pro-choice. Yep. We don't think it should be forced. <laughs> Man, it's like I feel so bad for Kanye. If he wasn't really? such a piece of shit, I would feel really bad. Because could you okay. imagine being inside that fucking brain? Yeah. What a fucking mess. Could you, yeah. Like, could you imagine all just like the concepts jumbled up in there that make no fucking sense? Yeah. Just like pouring out of your mouth? Jesus. And I would just like to point out, and I know I've probably said this on the pod before, but I always didn't like him. Yeah. Even in high school before he, I mean, when he was only really nuts instead of yeah. really really fucking nuts that that's i already didn't like him because like i i remember seeing this weird radio interview where he went off on some dude saying like you don't got the answer and i was like dude what 
it was the weirdest thing. Like this guy, this guy was just talking to him and he just goes off on him. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're rich. What do you have to scream about? Like, calm, <laughs> calm the hell down. Um, but, but look, look, one thing I will say is that there is clearly something going on with his mental health. And I am a, I'm a big advocate for mental health care. I, yeah, I am. Sure. And he could get some. And I, I want him to get the help that he needs. But that does not excuse this shit. Yeah, exactly. All right? exactly. Mental health can sometimes amplify the feel, like paranoia can sometimes amplify the feelings that we already have or take away the filter. But like, it does not excuse the fact that he is straight exactly. up praising Hitler. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Hitler exactly. probably had some mental health issues. Uh, yeah. Hitler definitely had he some mental health issues. Mass murderer, yeah. That does sure. not excuse any of it. Exactly, exactly. It is horrible for him and because of him. Like, it's yeah. like... Yeah. Now, I feel like the rest of this is probably going to feel like weak sauce compared to Kanye West. <laughs> I'm wondering if we, we shouldn't have started with Kanye Except West. Except we're scaling up on power and influence, even if true. we're scaling down moderately on that fucking nutsoness. That is true. <laughs> hey, that brings us to Gavin McGinnis. Yeah. So we don't like Gavin McGinnis. One thing that happened was there is a left a leftist streamer named Hassan Piker, who I will say he's not my favorite leftist commentator. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying I hate him. He often says stuff that I agree with, but he's also said some really fucked up shit in the past that I really don't like. But that being said, I am absolutely with him on this particular story. Mm-hmm. So he was streaming he was live streaming the conversation between kanye west and gavin mcginnis and he got banned for copyright infringement for doing that because gavin mcginnis was actually like actually purposely sicked a bunch of his followers on hassan piker Mm -hmm. and was able to get him banned now the interesting thing is that most of the time there, so there is an official rule about how much of certain clips you're allowed to use before it gets before it can be taken down as copyright, but there seems to be this understanding among a lot of commentators, a lot of news organizations, that when it comes to reaction videos, you don't do that. Hmm. All right, even if it's someone you disagree with, you don't do that. Sure, because it's, it's not a like free... you're, it's not like you're like getting in the way of their copyright. It's still clearly yeah. their material. It's yeah. just being on, it's on your show and you're making material out of it. It's not like you're yeah. stealing anything. Exactly. So it's like if the person had just taken your video and put it on their own sure. and like in order to get extra views, like that would be one thing. Like mm-hmm. that would be shitty. You know, I, I would understand wanting to, that to be taken down. But if it's just they are watching your video and putting their own commentary on that, yeah. like that in principle, I would say is free speech. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Gavin McGinnis was actually on Alex Jones, and he was talking about how he got Hassan Piker banned. Now, Hassan Piker's immediate response was, uh, dude, you're the free speech warrior. Yeah. <laughs> like, his, the name of Gavin McGinnis's network is, uh, like, censored TV. Yeah. <laughs> which, by the way, that's pretty fucking pretentious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but, like, that's the name of it. Now, the yeah. point, of course, he's trying to make is, like, this is where I can say what I want, yeah, and this, you can't yeah. censor me. Exactly. You know? So his entire network is based on the is based on the idea, the principle of free speech. 
And Hassan Piker rightly pointed out that you who claim to love free speech got me banned. Yeah. And so Gavin McGinnis was was talking about this on Alex Jones's show, and he specifically said, yeah, that's because I'm a hypocrite <laughs> and I don't like you. <laughs> Dude, you just... <laughs> You just that's gave up more the whole game. That he deserves, though. Like that, at least he's honest. <laughs> but like that, <laughs> you just gave up the whole game. Yeah. You exactly. just told everybody who you are. Yeah. Like you just told everybody that you have no principles. That yeah. you're not a principled person. You just told everybody that you're a shyster. Yeah. You just told everybody that you're a charlatan. Mm-hmm. That you don't care about any of this. All right. That you'll talk about free speech, but as soon as it's something that like that gives you feelings, sure. You want it taken down, all right? As soon as it's done by someone that you don't like, like, you want it taken down. The principle of free speech is not that I want to amplify or rather I want to allow the voices of people that agree with me. You are only principled on free speech if you believe that the people who disagree with you should also have a platform, should also be able to say that. That is what it means to believe in free speech. So you don't believe in free speech. Your entire fucking premise, your entire identity, your your TV network is complete horseshit. And you did it in that with that one fucking action. And you admitted it. And the thing is, you don't care. Yeah. Because you never cared about any of this because you're a charlatan. Yep. And probably a racist. That you probably were honest about. I, I mean, he's a racist. <laughs> he founded Proud Boys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so scaling up from there. <laughs> Let's talk about, I, I was going back and forth about doing Marjorie Taylor Greene next or Trump next. I think yeah. it's Trump because not only is Trump slowly losing his grip on reality, yeah. he's also slowly losing his grip on the Republican Party. That is true. That so is true. Let's, so talk I, I, about, yeah. let's talk about this motherfucker. So <sighs> there has been a bunch of reporting uh, about, you know, the idea that Trump called for the termination of the Constitution in a post that he made on his failing blog, Troops, Truth Social. Yeah. And I call it failing blog pejoratively. I know it's supposed to be a social media network. It's just a piece of shit. Okay. So, it's just a failing blog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, of course, people care about this because the Republican Party claims to be the party of the Constitution and America yeah. and the founding fathers. The strict constitutionalists. Exactly. So if he actually did call for the termination of the Constitution, that would be pretty bad. Some might yeah. say even, you know, disqualifying or something. Yeah. And if you were a principled Republican, that would make you turn on him. Yeah. Like immediately. But if of you course, were principled. But of course, the liberal media mm. has blown his words completely out of proportion. So let's go. Once to the again. Once, once again. again. They've done it by doing one one by making one fatal mistake. Actually quoting him. Exactly. (laughs) So he wrote, quote, Do you throw out the presidential election of 2020 and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Jeez, does sound a lot suspiciously like Trump calling for the abandonment of the Constitution yeah. in order to make him president again by fiat. Yeah, it does seem a it, lot. It sounds like suspiciously it. like that because that's literally what he said. 
No, uh, and I think I don't know, Nathan. I think maybe what he's really saying is that what matters is not what's written in the Constitution, mm. because we know Trump can't read, yeah. uh, or even you know, or even what's like you know captured conceptually in the Constitution. It's about the intent, you know, which of exactly. course the scholars who wrote the Constitution, the incredible geniuses who wrote the Constitution, could never have captured in their own writing because. Trump represents, as a stable genius, proof that geniuses can't read or write. <laughs> <laughs> so really, he's just claiming that he's just got a secret window into what the founders truly and, intended. And apparently he really can't read because this reporting, like what he's referencing is the Twitter files, which we'll talk about in the mm -hmm. second segment. Yeah. By no means is that what it says though yeah it, it's like, like it's like at all. unrelated to a corrupt or fraudulent election at all yeah yeah like, it's literally just about internal disagreements with a private company yeah that like that is nothing to do with the government absolutely nothing to do with the government <laughs> yeah exactly like and and we'll, we'll we'll go through that more in depth later but god here, here's the thing though i just want to point out that at no point has trump ever been for the constitution yeah let's not forget all right and, and i feel like we probably have forgotten because there's this was this was like conservatively uh thirty thousand trump scandals ago <laughs> um let's not forget that time that he specifically said that we should be killing the families of suspected terrorists like, let's not forget that time he said that. Uh, let's not forget when he said when he advocated for throwing flag burners in prison, mm -hmm. which is blatantly against the Constitution. Um, let's not forget about the fact that he, the moment he was sworn into office, he was in violation of the Emoluments Clause mm -hmm. because he had hotels in uh, he was in DC making money, <laughs> making money from foreign diplomats, yeah. Yeah. from foreign officials. Like yeah. he, he was trying to build a hotel in Russia. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, all those, uh, you know how we saw all those images of like papers attempting to be flushed down the toilet. If you look really <laughs> closely, you can see the constitution. Yeah, exactly. My, my big question about this for Trump is like, who the fuck is he talking about? Who yeah. would terminate these rules and laws of the constitution? Yeah. Like, it's not like we just have a bunch of powers just like hanging out there in the ether, right? Like yeah. it's not like they're not just up for grabs. Like if if there is a power, it's someone is endowed with it. Yeah. And in this case, that there there is that power. You can change laws, you can even change the constitution. The power is endowed with Congress. Yeah. So they could, but they haven't. So what the fuck is he whining about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh the the most interesting part of it is the Republican reaction to this. Mm. So I'm just going to, I want to go ahead and summarize what the Republican reaction to this has been um, in just a few seconds. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to summarize it. <laughs> That's hilarious. To be fair, Trump clarified a couple days later what he really meant. Mm. He said, Quote, the fake news is actually trying to convince the American people that I said I wanted to terminate the Constitution. 
This is simply more disinformation and lies. So it's your fucking words. Trump's position, <laughs> which is not at all clarified by his denial of his position, is that he wants to terminate the Constitution but thinks no one should report about it. Yeah. Kind of, it's like this is like Alito level this double is, speak. Like yeah, Alito's yeah. like you know, attacks the underpinning of Roe v. Wade saying there's no right to privacy, but then says you shouldn't interpret this to mean that there isn't a right to privacy and that it doesn't exist for other things like gay marriage yeah. and interracial marriage. So Trump's yeah. just saying we should terminate the articles of the Constitution to make him president, but nothing in that statement should be interpreted to mean <laughs> that he's calling for the termination of the Constitution. <laughs> buddy 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 yeah he's just crazy yeah yeah. all right it's just so blatant he's such a piece of shit let's move on (laughs) let's move on to another blatant level of crazy yeah uh marjorie taylor jewish space lasers green Mm. yep god i i mean there there's two really weird things that she said and you know what's funny when i first heard about this story i didn't realize that the uh, the the speech that she gave that's been blowing up mm-hmm. was uh she was addressing an audience for the the New York Young Republican Club uh and she was she was receiving the Richard Nixon award <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck no way what they have one you, of those. you have an you Why have a Richard Nixon award, Richard Nixon award? <laughs> The guy that That's like was awesome. a notorious criminal who resigned in disgrace. That's the Republican president that you want to like name this award off of. I mean, what? That is so fucking funny. That's like having a Jefferson Davis award. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Wow. Wow. So already, like the people in the audience. Or, I mean, already I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, they're on Nixon's <laughs> side. <laughs> they're on Nixon's side. Yeah. So so she said, quote, Then January 6th happens, and next thing you know, I organized the whole thing along with Steve Bannon here. And I'll tell you something. If Steve Bannon and I had organized that, we would have won. Not to mention, it would have been armed. That's not something to brag about. Yeah, I don't really think that, like, if we had done insurrection, it would have been more violent is quite the brag that she's hoping for. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're kind of, you kind of just really insulted Republicans. And, And keep in mind, remember what the goal of January 6th was. It was to overthrow the government. Mm-hmm. So she is saying she would have done a better job of overthrowing the government. Yeah. Exactly. She would have succeeded in overthrowing the government. Yeah. And like just totally <laughs> missing the fucking point, which is like the whole fucking point of this criticism of of people like her and Steve Bannon and, and Josh Hawley and all those folks, which is you may not have been in the crowd, but you inspired it. And you're like, you were out front, like calling for something similar to this to happen. You were, you were calling yeah. for Mike Pence not to certify the election. You were, and you were you also were doing this. She was also giving tours to people who would, would later come back to the Capitol and take a shit in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Like she was You're giving tours part of this before group. the actual insurrection. Yeah. You're a part of this group. Yeah. You know, you might not have been actually marching with them, but you were clearly involved and you clearly helped incite it by spreading lies and disinformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were literally calling for things like, like Josh Hawley was like calling for things like this before yeah. they went into session. And Absolutely. that's not even the weirdest thing that she said. <laughs> I don't even know how it's possible. <laughs> Like the weirdest thing that she said was um, she was she was she actually she made a point about a problem that is truly facing America. Like the the big issues that Congress really needs to take action on that uh, a, a lawmaker like her needs to spend time talking about in committees. And that, of course, is sex toys. Yeah, fair enough. That is so she the said big, that is the big throbbing issue facing America. Yeah. So. <laughs> She said, quote, by the way, you can pick up a butt plug or a dildo at Target and CVS nowadays. I don't even know how we got here. This is the state we're living in right now. We got here because freedom. Also, I didn't know that. How did you know that? Yeah, right. She was like, (laughs) I mean, kudos to you. Sure. You know, for knowing that. Yeah. I didn't know that. But to be fair, MTG, anything's a butt (laughs) plug if you try hard enough. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> don't take don't take butt plug advice from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> really don't. Really don't. Really don't. Really don't. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's like that's fucking ridiculous. Like what? Like what she her she's another brain that is just like a mixed up like cocktail. Yeah. Also, I'd just like to point something out. They sell guns at Walmart. Mm. And you know, I I am fairly pro gun. I've I've said that before. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not trying to say like, you know, like guns should be taken out of Walmart or or whatever. Sure. What I am saying is I don't think it's unreasonable to say that sex toys should be more readily available than guns. Yeah. You know? And apparently she believes the opposite, which I mean, imagine that. Like a a tool of pleasure versus a tool of destruction. You yeah. think the tool of destruction is the one that more people should have their hands on, that more people should be able to get their hands on. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like, that's fucking crazy. That's just weird. It's weird. But I do have a counter argument based on logic, and that is okay. this, Nathan. Based on my earlier point, that anything's a butt plug if you try hard enough. <laughs> Therefore, there are more butt plugs in the world than guns. Oh, God. Because a butt plug cannot be a gun. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, a gun can be a butt plug. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, no, no. Do not do that. Do not do if that. If you're listening, I know you shop for them at CBS, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> shop for them at Walmart instead. Oh, God. Your favorite kind. <laughs> no, do not do that. Yeah, my, yeah my, my, brother, my brother used to work in a hospital, and he told me some stories. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> What a weird conversation. <laughs> like, just the amount of crazy shit that has happened in the last two weeks by people that have national platforms that are observed by millions of people. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Unfortunately, we do have one more. And yeah. I think in some ways, it's a little bit more of a serious note mm. and a little bit more of a freaky note. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, Kirsten Cinema. Yeah. We got to talk about Kirsten Cinema. We said, shit conservatives say. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that, that includes yeah. her. <laughs> that absolutely does include her. <laughs> to be fair, I'm just happy that she's coming to identify as her truer self. So she came out uh, as an independent, <laughs> which we yeah. knew that she was, um, and is officially leaving the Democratic Party and is trying to cast this as her being, you know, an independent person, nonpartisan, not beholden to, you know, party politics and all that stuff. And she said, quote, I've never really fit into any party box. I've never really tried. I won't want to. Removing myself from the partisan structure not only is true to who I am and how I operate, I also think it'll provide a place of belonging for many folks across the state and the country who also are tired of partisanship. Which sounds good. Yeah, I'd just like to point something out. She's not entirely incorrect. No. Because she used to be in the Green Party. Yeah. <laughs> she used yeah. to be in the Green Party. And look, She's an independent if, heart. She was if she was deciding to be an independent because the Democrats, in a lot of ways, are structurally corrupt mm -hmm. and you don't want to be involved in that, or because they often... Uh, allow their politics to skew them more to the right. Like, let me let me let me just point out some important characteristics about the two other independents that are currently in the Senate. Mm -hmm. One of them is, of course, Bernie Sanders. Now, I would like to point something out that Bernie Sanders does. When there is a primary, he runs in the primary mm -hmm. as a Democrat. Yeah. And then. When he gets it, when he wins the nomination, he doesn't accept the nomination. And the reason why he does that is so that he doesn't have a spoiler effect, mm -hmm. right? So, so basically, he's doing that to say, all right, do the Democrats, do the Democratic voters in Vermont want to vote for somebody else? We're going to give them a chance to do that, yeah. all right? He doesn't accept it, which means that he is still the only other choice because mm -hmm. like the Democrats don't end up running the whoever might have come in second place or whatever. Yeah. It makes it so there's not going to be a spoiler effect. All right. For, for in, in any way. Mm -hmm. All right. So the other one is Angus King and he is in Maine. Now I don't, I don't know the specifics of the story behind him, but I would like to point out that at least right now, Maine has uh, a ranked choice system. Yeah, gotcha. So, so no spoiler effect. So no spoiler effect either. The reason why Kirsten Cinema has decided to become an independent is because Democrats in Arizona fucking hate her. <laughs> and they hate her for very good reasons. And we'll go over that in just a second. Yeah, because she's not independent at all. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if she were primaried, polling has shown that she would get her ass kicked. Yeah. So the reason why she's doing this is because she wants to take that possibility away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which means that if the Democrats run somebody, then they're risking handing over the Senate seat to a Republican. Exactly. She's doing this to cover her own ass. Exactly. It's totally just gaming in order to skip the primary so that she's not subject to the more liberal voters in the state, but threatens to, to pull away the independent voters that lean Democrat and therefore hand it's, 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 it's just, it's shooting the hostage. That's yeah. exactly what she's trying to do. And let me just remind you for her to call herself independent to, to the point that Michael was trying to make earlier. She's not independent. She yeah. is completely bought and paid for by moneyed interests. Exactly. And you can, you can easily look it all up on open secrets. Mm -hmm. All right. So when she originally was running, 
She was running on renegotiating pharmaceutical prices. She gets in office. She's still talking about it. Bill goes up. Provision goes up to to renegotiate pharmaceutical prices in the original Build Back Better. And then, again, in the reconciliation bill that did end up actually passing, the, the Inflation Reduction Act. But in the original one, she was paid a ton of money from pharmaceutical companies. And suddenly, that, like... That same week, or it might have been like a week after, she comes out against <laughs> renegotiating pharmaceutical prices. That is called bribery. Yeah. All right? That yeah. is called bribery. She had an opportunity to close the carried interest loophole, something that didn't doesn't help her state at all, would make the United States, like Treasury Department, much more money, would help our budget a lot, and the only people that it you know would affect are the richest people making millions of dollars for no fucking reason. And she was like, ooh, she got a bunch of money from hedge funds and financial organizations, and then all of a sudden, boom, against it. That was the one thing that was a sticking point for her on uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, that she got taken out of the bill because she was going to kill it if it wasn't for taking out a provision that would prevent something that exclusively helps the richest people in the country. Yeah. And also, let's not forget about that time that she voted against raising the minimum wage to a living wage with that curtsy. (laughs) <laughs> like the hey, look at this! Fuck the middle class. Yeah, exactly. She like sucks. She and is so terrible. The she whole is point, corrupt. Yeah, the whole thing is like that. I find just so laughable is is like she's trying to cast this as like her principles. Yeah, and we know that it is clearly just political gamesmanship, and we know that she doesn't have any principles. Yeah, yeah. She used to be in the Green Party. And then she became a little bit more moderate, and then she just became a conservative. Mm-hmm. And it's not because she had some ideological awakening. It's because she got bribed. Yeah. Now, here, here's the thing. I'm okay with having an ideological disagreement with people, even if it's sure. somebody in power. I'm okay with that. We can have an ideological disagreement. I might say that your beliefs are terrible. I might criticize them or chastise them, but I'm not going to... like. I do actually try not to target your own motivations, sure. right? I, I really try not to do that. Yeah. But your motivations are clear. Yeah. You got bribed and you're giving people a return on their investment. Yeah. You're a corrupt piece of shit. It's not an ideological disagreement. It's just you like money. Yeah. I think actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think she does have a principle. I think she does have an ideology and it's this. Money, please. <laughs> So now it's time for one of our more lighthearted segments, Tips for Good. So, Michael, why do we do Tips for Good every week? Well, Nathan, it's because I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me when you hold me in your arms so tight. You let me know everything's all right. I'm hooked on a feeling. You know, Michael? Mm Mm-hmm. When you hold me in your arms? Yes, Nathan. The world's a better place. Oh, there it is. There, there it is. is. There it is. I, and <laughs> coincidentally, that's why we do tips for good. Oh, man. See, this right week there. I forgot it. This you week forgot I it. forgot it. So, yeah. Nathan, what is our tip for good this week? Our tip for good this week is to cuss more. <laughs> Which is and I have no research to back it up. No surprise from this show. <laughs> from this podcast. <laughs> 
And and I have research to back that up. Wow. All right. So I should hope so. A a, a Christ defying <laughs> assertion like that. <laughs> so there was actually a study done in 2020 in Frontiers for Psychology that found that saying fuck can increase your pain threshold by 32% and pain tolerance by 33%. Wow. Usually the way that they measure you measure pain tolerance is you have people put their hand in ice water and see how long they can take it. So they were having some people put their hand in ice water and they're allowed to say fuck over and over again. And then some people who, who weren't. They had like some people who were allowed to use fake cuss words or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is that the people that were able to say fuck had a 32% increase in their th- pain threshold mm-hmm. and a 33 33- increase in their pain tolerance hmm. there's actually a physiological like a, a physiological response when you cuss all right hmm. it makes it easier for you to get through things like pain and honestly even things that cause you anxiety all right if something is causing you stress just cussing actually does make you feel a little bit better oh my gosh all right it is a it is a coping mechanism no wonder we do it on the show no wonder why we do it on the show, you know? And uh, no wonder why I uh, went on uh, um, on the It's Another Sunday podcast show and uh, <laughs> and, and, and ter- got them flagged as explicit. Perfect. Got them flagged as explicit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean... Which, which I didn't... I, I, it just kind of slipped out. I didn't realize it. So shout yeah. out to y'all. Yeah. So if you want to be more psychologically healthy, have have better resilience... You should say you should curse more. Yeah. And that's that's tips tips for for good. good. So for our second segment, we are talking about Twitter. Specifically, we're talking about the Twitter files. So Elon Musk built up a bunch of anticipation with among his 120 million or so followers. Um, claiming that he was going to release a bunch of sensitive material uh, about uh, Twitter's policies and actions regarding like the 2020 election. And what he did was he, he leaked some of these uh, documents to uh, journalist Matt Tybee, um, who then, you know, released information from those documents in a like 40 thread or so like series of tweets, which I find to be a very fucking weird method yeah. to re- like of journalism. Like I found it very strange just reading through them. Like yeah. <clears throat> I kept finding him making assertions with no citation and no, like according to it basically is, it's a good way to just dispense with all journalistic standards, but you know, yeah. th- that's always good news. Yeah. Um, they were really not what Musk signaled that they were going to be. Yeah. Like, okay. First off, we need to talk about the entire premise behind this. Yeah. All right. Because already it's screwy. Because yeah. what Musk is doing is he's not making the Twitter files public. Mm-hmm. He's releasing them to two specific journalists who already have beliefs on this. Yeah. Who have already said that this is what they think is happening. Mm-hmm. What this is what they think happened inside Twitter. So you're releasing it to two journalists that are already going to be working backwards from their conclusion. Mm-hmm. And you're only allowing them to look at it and to release their own interpretations of it on Twitter. Yeah. 
via and, Twitter threads. Yeah, and and the and the the threads that have been released claim to show blatant liberal bias in the administration of Twitter policies and the deletion of certain tweets. And Musk even claimed that this was a violation of free speech. And he 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 uh, put out a statement saying. Quote, Twitter, acting by itself to su suppress free speech, is not a First Amendment violation, but acting under orders from the government to suppress free speech with no judicial review is. Yeah. Which is quite a claim. If that's yeah. true, that is, like, pr a pretty fucking big deal. Yeah. But it's not true. No. It is very much not true. Now, there's a lot of different angles to this that we need to understand in order to figure this out. And unfortunately, some of it, I think, does have to involve discussing the Hunter Biden laptop story. So I just want to do a as quick as I can overview of that story and what happened here. Um, and I hate that I have to do it. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I remember the thing is I I I had forgotten what the story was. I know that we covered it at the time, but I forgot how fucking stupid this whole thing is. Yeah, it's fucking dumb, man. So basically, the New York Post had printed an article in October of 2020 that had claimed that it recovered a smoking gun uh, through files on Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son's laptop that showed that while Joe Biden was the president, he had used his powers as the vice president to carry political favors with Burisma, which was a company that Hunter Biden was working for at the time. If that were true, that would be corruption. Yeah, and almost as bad as all of Trump's corruption. But that wasn't in the article. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was not in the article. Um, so here's the, here's the issue with that. So... When it was first published, the the author of the article didn't even want to put their name on it. Yep. Because a lot of the shit had not been verified. Yeah. And like literally the laptop wasn't even necessarily verified as Hunter Biden's laptop at the time. Until later. Just, yeah. It was just found at the time. Yeah, exactly. At the time of the article being written. It was just yeah. found in like a New Jersey like computer store and turned over to the New York Post and through to Giuliani. And it was like this very convoluted very strange suspect like like yeah. chain of events and evidence yeah yeah and really the the most incriminating part that i would actually that i would actually say does seem a little bit screwy is there was one uh there was one email between this advisor on the board of burisma and hunter and hunter biden that was thanking him for, quote, inviting me to D.C. and giving me the opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. That's it. Yeah. So if you want to argue that it's probably kind of screwy that, you know, Hunter Biden was able to get a meeting with someone, uh, with, a, with an advisor on the board of Burisma, to have a meeting with the vice president, make that argument. I agree with you. All right. If hell, I'll go even a step further. If you want to make the argument that the only way Hunter Biden got his job at Burisma was because his last name was Biden, mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. <laughs> yeah, you want to make the argument that that's bullshit? I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, there was no evidence presented that there was actually 
an impact on policy. Sure. The thing that they keep pointing to was the fact that there was this there was this prosecutor named uh, Victor Sokin, who at the time was reported to be investigating Burisma. Turns out that actually was a lie too. Hmm. It wasn't that he was investigating Burisma. It was that after he had been fired, which by the way, I'd just like to point out, he was fired because there was a whole coalition of people from various Western countries that Joe Biden was representing that wanted him fired for corruption. And in mm. fact, part of why they wanted him fired in terms of corruption was actually because he wasn't investigating companies mm. such as Burisma. Interesting. Hmm. So the claim was based on the fact that after Shokin um, had lost his job, he claimed that he was planning on doing an investigation of Burisma, but there was no open investigation. The only evidence is his word saying that he was definitely going to do that. Hmm. But because no investigation had been opened, there's no way to corroborate that. Yeah. And the claim that he was investigating at the, at them at the time is even contradicted by his own words, mm -hmm. by the very evidence that they used. The whole Hunter Biden story from the New York Post was bullshit. Yeah. And, it and I'm not saying that because I love Hunter Biden or because sure. I love Joe Biden. I don't. It was bullshit. Yeah. And it dropped like right in 2020, like right before the election, pretty irresponsibly and got a lot of attention and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Now, all of that being said, all of that being said, I do not think that the story should have been suppressed. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so what Twitter's response was after apparently a lot of back and forth was yeah. to suppress the story on Twitter. Basically, any links to the story um, wouldn't would like not work. Some people got their accounts suspended for sharing it around and all that stuff. It basically was marked as like an unsafe link. There was a lot of like back and forth on whether they should do that. There was like some they were having, you know, there's, you know, with any social media in this day and age, like there's a lot of, uh, there's, you know, can be a lot of coordination with like the FBI and Homeland Security and stuff like that around potential mis and disinformation from foreign, foreign countries, because we know that that was a problem in the 2016 election, um, and all that stuff. And so like, later, Twitter was like, you know, came out and or Jack Dorsey came out and said, like, hey, we probably shouldn't have suppressed it, which you know, makes sense, especially in hindsight, when it turns out that like it was his laptop and all that stuff. Mm. All that to say, like, Twitter made a decision. And then a couple of days later, they stopped suppressing it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it probably had a, a Barbara Streisand effect. Yeah. Where sure. the story blew up even more because they suppressed it. Exactly. So, so it didn't yeah. even it didn't even really necessarily keep the story out of people's you know out of people's minds sure. because it actually got ended up getting more attention because of the suppression. Like yep. the suppression became the story. Yep. So now, they shouldn't have, but also like yeah. no one yeah. asked them to. <laughs> yeah. Now the issue is the internal discussions about that decision were based on the fact that there is a Twitter policy against hacked material. Mm -hmm. Now, there was one uh, anonymous former employee that in the, uh, in the first uh, dump of information was revealed to have said, quote, uh, hacking was the excuse 
but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold, but no one had the guts to revisit it. Now, what that what that sounds like is that there were there might have been some people in Twitter that made the decision, and it might have been for political reasons. Now, there's no direct links to that, but I mean, you can probably infer that from from that statement. And I would say that that is probably the worst version of this. Like mm-hmm. the worst version of this is that there were some people internally in Twitter that had certain biases that caused them to suppress that story. There's no evidence that that is definitely the case. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, that very well could be the case. And if that is the case, that's wrong. All right. That that shouldn't that shouldn't be the case. And I think that I think that openly apologizing for it was the right thing to do. Sure. I think it shouldn't have been suppressed. Uh, and I'm to glad be, that they yeah. that they corrected it. To be clear, like it it you know wouldn't be a violation of their policy to share a story that references hacked material. You know, yeah. like it's not like someone's putting the hacked material on Twitter. So that it seems like a, a reasonable thing that it would just be an excuse. Yeah. Another thing though, because the Republican version of this story seems to be that the Biden campaign pressured Twitter to suppress stories that made him look bad or that made his son look bad. And here's the thing. If that were the case, it would not be a violation of the First Amendment. Sure. Because, number one, he wasn't in the government at the time. And also, even if he was in the government at the time, it still wouldn't have been if there was no coercion. Mm -hmm. If they had just asked... Hey, take this down. That would be screwy, but it wouldn't be coercion and it wouldn't sure. be a violation of the First Amendment. Yeah. But number two, Biden was not involved in the questions about this article. Mm-hmm. The only thing that the that the first dump was able to prove, was able to show, was that the Biden campaign had asked Twitter to take down a few tweets about Hunter Biden. And and the thing is, Tybee, the journalist, did not give context for what was in those tweets. Someone else had to do it. Mm -hmm. And when they looked up the archives, it turns out they were dick pics. Yeah. They were revenge porn. Which is a violation of Twitter's policy. Which is a violation of Twitter's policy, and I'm pretty sure is a violation of the law. In a lot of states, yeah. Not every state, but a lot of states. Like, and anywhere that it's not, it should be. It should be. You should not be allowed to do that. It is fucked up. It is totally, it is the most reasonable thing in the world. For the Biden campaign to be like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you're not going to be publishing my son's penis without your without his permission. Yeah. All right? You know? that yeah. That's that's revenge porn. That's, that's like wrong. Basic. Yeah, exactly. That's just basic shit. And there's no value to, like, there's no value to that. There's no content to it. It is just, like, revenge porn. And, and the fact that this journalist would put out these, like, a misleading claim that somehow these tweets might have been like really important or like may have been, you know, leading to corruption or something like that without clarifying that these were actually just tweets that would have violated Twitter's policy and should have been removed regardless. Yeah. It's just misleading. It's bad journalism. Yeah. It's horrible journalism. At its best, it's bad journalism. At its worst, it's, it's like... And again, our only, our only ability to gaze at these files that 
Elon Musk keeps claiming is the smoking gun mm -hmm. is through the eyes of this journalist, uh, Matt Taby and Barry Weiss, two people that are both biased and have an agenda. Yeah. And they've demonstrated that thoroughly through this process so far. So on top of that, in an offhanded comment, they actually, they also admitted that the Trump white house also routinely sent Twitter content moderation complaints. Yeah. Which that to me is a it's way that, more screwy than a private citizen running for office asking yeah. for something to be removed, even if it was. And the for exact that same thing tweet. to be dick pics. Now, now, one thing I will say, one thing I will say is that I mean, if it was dick pics of his kids, like if Trump of was course. contacting them about dick pics of his kids, like yeah, of course, totally Obviously. makes sense. Yeah, you know, or 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 whatnot, but like. I want to know what was in those tweets. Exactly. The fact that it was just like an offhand, it basically, like, it was like one tweet in this thread that was like, and both parties have done it, but the Democrats have benefited more because Twitter's liberal and biased and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was like, just, it was so offhanded and like, there's obviously yeah. so much more there, but yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, and Elon Musk is refusing to release it all publicly. Yeah. All right. Which I would say, if you actually care about the truth, then release it all publicly and let everybody look at it. Yeah. Like, see, the, I mean, the, I the don't understand why you can't just do that. Yeah. It's like, it's so interesting to see such a blatant, such blatant hypocrisy in, in this like very act. Like they're, they're claiming that previously, you know, Twitter was biased against Republicans and towards Democrats and then the corruption angle was that Biden, uh, using his position of influence, got tweets removed. And then right now, they are, like, in the way that Musk is releasing these things to specifically, like, biased journalists, um, and these journalists writing these articles in explicitly biased and misleading ways, they're doing exactly, like, Twitter is putting itself behind Republican like it, it put Republican bias against Democratic bias and brushing under the rug the actual like potential corruption from the actual executive at the time of, of like asking for these tweets to be removed. It's just like it's just really frustrating and absurd, like just how how this is being used as like just a both sides kind of thing and just used for like to drive like arguments about false equivalency between the parties and and among yeah. twitter and all this stuff and it's like the like biden was barely involved yeah <laughs> to the extent he was involved he was fully justified yeah. yeah yeah and again that is the version of the story that is being presented by biased people yeah Exactly. Like by biased people looking at the evidence in a biased way yeah. even they are presenting information that completely exonerates biden yeah exactly it's just like, yeah it's crazy and and the fact that musk himself is coming out and being like well this violates this violates the first amendment and like no it doesn't it doesn't it's just it so doesn't. clear that it even doesn't. technically what what it looks like trump was doing which seems which was which on the surface looks more screwy mm-hmm even that probably wouldn't violate it unless he was coercing them. Yeah. Or, or acting under like the color of law, making it seem yeah. as if he and his executive position was saying they had to do this. Yeah. Like, again, it'd be screwy. Yeah. But, but it wouldn't be against the First Amendment. Exactly. And yeah. the other thing is like, 
I'm, I find it so, so silly. It seems so absurd to me. People seem so surprised that Twitter would ever do anything like this. And it's like, what fucking planet are you on? Like I was literally yeah. in an airport, right? And I was reading a book that had, you know, that was a cover that, you know, was politically related. And this, this, this young woman like came up to me and was like, Hey, have you heard about the Twitter files? It looks like both sides are the same. They're just, they're, you know, Biden's people are just as corrupt. This might be the greatest violation of the First Amendment in the modern era, was what she said. And I was like, <laughs> oh, and I literally God. said back to her, I was like, Twitter's a for-profit company. Why would anybody expect that to be a public square? Yeah. I mean, like, maybe it should be. Like, maybe it, maybe should, it be. should be. But I, at this know, point, like, they <laughs> are a platform that actively manages the content on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I if you want to have an argument to drive users, like if you want to have an argument about social media companies being regulated as public utilities, let's have that conversation. Sure. All right, but they aren't. Yeah, and to be on the the delusion that your social media is somehow like a representation of the best or the most fair or the most transparent arguments or or anything like that is just delusional. Yeah. And look, on principle, I I don't like what they do because on principle, I think it violates free speech mm -hmm. a lot of the time. But that's not a violation of the law. Yeah. It's not. It's just not. So there was another dump from uh, Barry Weiss. And in a lot of ways, hers was more substantive, but it still didn't really give a lot of evidence. It also had something that was just a straight up fucking lie. So... She was making the claim that Twitter has always argued that they don't do shadow bans, but that they actually do shadow bans. So let's understand the way that she is defining shadow banning and the way that Twitter has defined shadow banning. So the way she is defining shadow banning is when you limit the reach of certain users, mm -hmm. right? Uh, again, this is her definition. Usually the way it would be done would be you limit the reach by saying that they can only be seen by themselves and by their followers or mm -hmm. by their followers who retweet their stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Which means that if you're not following them, you're not going to see their yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's not promoted by the algorithm at all. Exactly, exactly. The way that Twitter defines shadow banning, like, and this is, this is, this is, was how they how they define it um quote deliberately making someone's content undiscoverable to everyone except the person who posted it unbeknownst to the original poster gotcha so that's so that's not the same thing yeah it's just a much more extreme form of banning it's or an extreme or it's shadow a, banning yeah it's it's well no no that is shadow banning yeah her yeah. definition was not shadow banning yeah, that yeah. was their definition of shadow banning what she was claiming was that they in the past have said that they don't shadow ban but they actually do you know what what she said which is you limit the reach of the person based on their algorithm you make it so that they can't show it that like if you're not if you're not already following them you're not going to see it mm -hmm. all right that's what that's what she was saying shadow banning is and she was saying that Twitter was lying when they said that they don't shadow ban. But by their own definition of shadow banning, they don't shadow so ban. So yeah, she was just moving the goalpost and then claiming exactly. that they violated it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So already it's just completely, completely a lie, completely misleading. Um, 
She also kept pointing out specific examples of people who received um, that, like, do not amplify. Like, they're, they're put on the do not amplify list, um, or they can't trend. Like, there's also okay, a trends she's blacklist. Claiming is shadow banning. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there was an example of some uh, Stanford doctor uh, who said that COVID lockdowns would harm children, and he was put on the trends blacklist. Now, the implication is that he was on this list because of that, but she doesn't provide direct evidence for that. Sure. It's just, he said this, and he was banned. There's no actual evidence that she provides specifically about that. Um, A similar thing happens when she talks about how uh, Dan Bongino and Charlie Kirk, who are both conservative commentators, were also placed on blacklists. But again... She doesn't specifically provide any evidence that they were placed on it because of their political views. Mm-hmm. All right. The one thing that she does suggest is that they're disproportionately harming conservatives. But the only evidence is pointing out that some of the blacklist accounts were conservatives. Hmm. Which is, can only, yeah, that, by definition, you can't represent a disproportionate impact without comparing the proportions of impact. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so if you, you need to show us the comparisons of how many people who are on the left were also... Yeah, it's like... Know, in, we're yeah, also... It's uh, like being a kid on and that you list. stack up your cookies and you're like, my brother got more cookies than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's... The thing is, it might be true, but she doesn't provide evidence sure. of it. And the thing is... She had all of the evidence in front of her, mm-hmm. and she has a bias where she's working backwards from her conclusion. Yeah. So I feel like if that evidence was there, she would have presented it. Sure. All right? If she was actually good at her job, and her job in this case is to try to prove, that, like, not even to be a journalist, but to prove that there is some type of disproportionality, yeah. she would have showed those numbers. And mm-hmm. she didn't. She didn't show those numbers. She just used a few examples. Now, I know that there are plenty of leftists who have been banned from Twitter, mm-hmm. all right, who have been put on the blacklist for trending, who have been put on the do not amplify list. I know that. I know for a fact that that happens, all right? But the question is, does it happen equally, all right? Now, one thing that's kind of interesting about all of this is that there was actually a study done in 2021 um, where Twitter was trying to look at its algorithm specifically study its algorithm. Uh, and they examined data in, sev- in seven different countries. All right, United Kingdom, United States, Canada, France, Germany, Spain, and Japan. And they were trying to figure out what type of messages were the ones that the algorithm was amplifying. Mm-hmm. And what they found was it was actually amplifying right-wing messages more than left-wing messages. Mm-hmm. Now, to be clear, that's not necessarily evidence that they're purposely doing that. It's sure. just the algorithm, sure. right? You could even, in fact, you could even, conservatives could look at that. They could point to that specific study and say, well, that's because our content is more engaging. Sure. You know, <laughs> and, if, and honestly, I would probably do that. Like if, if, it were, if it were reversed and it was saying that it was uh, actually amplifying left-wing messages, I would probably say, well, that's because we're better than <laughs> yeah, you. Naturally. You know? um, if you didn't say so much stupid shit, <laughs> yeah, but of course they're they're not doing this. Sure. 
they're not they're not pointing to this specific study because this specific study completely flies in the sure. face of the claim that they've been trying to make for yeah. years and years. Yeah, All it's right? not dispositive that there's no that there's no, that there is right wing bias, but it is evidence that there may be right wing bias. Yeah, and it's also pretty blatant evidence that there that is there not isn't left wing bias. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So now it's time for our favorite segment, Ass Hat of, the, of week. the Week. So, Nathan, who is our Ass Hat this week? Well, Michael, our Ass Hat this week is one of our favorite asses that keep on hatting. Oh, good, a recurring one. Right wing commentator Candace Owens. Ooh, Candy. Candy O, come on down. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what did Candace Owens do? I love I just love when she's on our show. Because yeah. she just has there's just something about her where she just says the most fucking absurd shit and is just so like convinced by it. She's like yeah. she's awesome in that way. Uh, yeah. so what'd she do to get onto our show? So you know how we had that, you, you know, that movement um, that like lasted like the, 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 in the 60s mm-hmm. where they were trying to fight against that whole discrimination thing. You know? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like, so. And like you the know, civil rights, something yeah. like that. Civil yeah, rights yeah. movement. Yeah. Yeah. You know how, you know how we've had a bunch of movements since then that have been specifically trying to alleviate discrimination, mm-hmm. doing you basic know? things like, like, you know, basic enabling things. people to like go to schools that are similar and trying to exactly. prevent banks and governments from just like confining certain racial groups to certain neighborhoods to prevent them from intermingling or growing wealth or gaining property. And then, you know, things like, things like that. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, it turns out we were wrong all along. The discrimination is actually a good thing. No way. And that the left, the the evil left, is yeah. responsible for turning terms, such beautiful terms, such as discrimination, into a dirty word. Whoa! I had no idea that we were doing this. We were apparently doing that. We we turned the word discrimination, which was just it's a it word a normal... of renowned yeah. beauty. To be fair, and to we made fair, it dirty. You can discriminate in a good way, you know. You can like you, when you throw away rotted vegetables, you're discriminating. <laughs> Although maybe that's like more discerning is the, is probably the more applicable yeah. word. But like you know, yeah. it's possible. To, there are. But something tells me that's not the kind of discrimination she's really talking about. No, that's not. Uh, okay. Uh, so right. she said, quote, um, quite frankly, I think we need to discriminate. I discriminate all the time. And she was talking about specifically in terms of hiring or befriending people. Now, here's the thing. If what she was talking about was that, you know, discrimination in a sense of, I'm friends with people whose personalities mesh with mine, sure. and I hire people based on whether or not they can actually do the job. Sure, like that would uh, that would make sense. Again, more I mean, discerning than discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to use the word discrimination for that. Sure, like you don't have to do that. But that's that's not completely who she's talking about. Hmm. So she specifically turned it on on men that paint their nails and wear dresses. Oh. So she said, quote, I really don't care how you feel about it. Wear the dress, you can paint your nails, but I'd prefer you keeping 100 feet away from a playground 
and all the feet away from my children and me. If I see you, I'm going to cross the street with my children. Okay. Jesus. I just want to. I just want to point something out that I I never understood. So, the argument from the right seems to be that, like, a man, or in this case, you know, to be a, a trans woman, sure, is just or, a confused or, or someone who, you know, is not necessarily trans but dresses as. A woman yeah. and is a yeah. man, or someone, or someone who's non-binary, non-binary. like someone who is. Like, there's all these categories. Someone yeah. who was born as a male, sure. All right, who was born, someone who was born with a penis. Mm-hmm. All right. The argument is, if they are transgender or mm-hmm. non-binary, then that is just evidence of the deterioration of masculinity. You know that they're too feminized, mm. that they're not aggressive enough. You just need to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. But then the other argument is that um. We need to protect children because they're going to attack the children. So which is it? Are they not aggressive mm. enough, or are they going to attack children? Hmm. Like, I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. They've been real men attack other men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, but they don't... Wait a second, that is not it. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. I, I do not fucking understand their obsession with claiming that any like identity diversion from like like cisgendered presentation is automatically evidence of like perversion and therefore all perversion is also pedophilia like i just don't there's so many like logical flaws in that whole train but it's just fucking fear-mongering that's what it is she also referred to discrimination as a survival mechanism And, um, you know, she mocked the idea of being accepting of people. She said, quote, and so when we get that feeling, my mother used to refer to it as the heebie-jeebies. When someone just gives you the heebie-jeebies, even if you can't put your finger on why, I think you need to lean into that. I actually think that society would be safer if we discriminated more. That is so... She's (laughs) like, you know what we need? More bias. You know, there are a lot of people that get the heebie-jeebies when they see black people. Are you saying that's a good thing? Are you saying that, like, you're making a feelings over facts argument right there. You're saying it doesn't matter why you're feeling the heebie-jeebies. It can't be because you have an implicit cultural bias that Mm -hmm. causes you to not like certain people because of their fucking pigment. All right. It's not because of that. It's you are always genuine when you feel like there is something like when you feel like someone gives you the heebie-jeebies and you don't know why you are always right. So fucked up. That is so stupid. That was so monumentally stupid. It's it's so funny thing what is, you're saying is she really did just mean the bad kind of discrimination. <laughs> she was like, she you know really what we should did do do the worst kind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> oh, and the man. thing is, yes, in a lot of ways, discrimination is a evolutionary survival mechanism. Sure, that is true. But a lot of the survival mechanisms that our minds developed, we developed during a time in which there was no civilization. All right? Yeah, totally. For example, anxiety. We developed that so that we could be prepared for some saber-toothed tiger that was mm-hmm. crouching behind some bush who was about to leap out at us and maw us to death. Yeah. All right? We don't need that as much anymore, and we s- and a lot of people suffer from anxiety, even though evolutionarily it had a reason behind it. Yeah. So exactly. do you think that maybe, just maybe, in a more civilized society, some of those old human ways 
like old human feelings that we get might not be perfectly rational anymore. No, Nathan, no way. The evolution which they deny exists <laughs> is Good not point. only Good point. true, you know, not only important, but also <laughs> the ultimate arbiter of moral fact. Mm. And interestingly enough, uh, evolutionary development brings us to our third segment. Yeah, it does. But before we get to that, let's end with a deep and hearty congratulations to Candace Owens for being our Asshat of the Week. So for our third segment, we are talking about uh, concepts in, in like the realm of like evolutionary psychology. Um, and specifically we're talking about like, and, and this is like, you know, kind of a, a growing field for a while there, it was kind of discredited in like the 1960s through like eighties or so, but we're like, the more we have done, uh, you know, experimentation in combination with like fMRI and, uh, neuroscience research, like we really are learning a lot about the history of the evolution of the human brain the types of functions that it's quite good at versus the kinds of functions that it's not very good at or kind of deficient in and using like those fmri and and neurology uh uh like study combined with these psychological experimentation methods we're starting to understand what kinds of things um like the human brain is kind of engineered to do and and in many ways the kinds of things that gave humans as a species an edge such that we could take over the whole fucking world Mm. and the more we study it the more it seems to indicate that what humans are really good at the things that the the changes that took place moving from uh other like homo erectus species to into homo sapiens the the real things that made the difference were kind of two main things and both of them are connected and both of them are connected connected through our linguistic faculties mm. right and our linguistic faculties arose out of um these like physiological changes in our brain that that uh, that are that gave rise to conceptual thinking right and yeah. one of them is cooperation yes right is the ability to communicate to develop like social connections to organize into like social groups things like that and and organize around common goals which yeah. leads to the second thing which is conceptual thinking thinking about things that are purely concepts something like money for example you know yes mm-hmm. there might be a physical instantiation of it but it's not anything of inherent value it is purely conceptual value and yeah. these and those two things in combination enable us to organize not just in little groups but in huge scale and to coordinate yeah. for common goals, even ones that are conceptual or remote. The interesting thing about both of those like evolutionary uh, processes, both of those results, is that neither of them are any fucking good if you're by yourself in the woods with a knife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is actually a lecture that I give to my students every semester. So if any of my former students are, are listening, um, you'll, you'll probably recognize this. But what I say is I, I tell everybody, raise your hand if you've ever been in a fight with a bear. 
<laughs> and you know nobody ever races usually like no some, one races there. <laughs> like yeah sometimes a person will raise their hand just to like you know just to be just silly to mess with you, yeah you know and of course like every time they do that i'll pretend they're being legit and they'll just have to awkwardly be like oh i was just joking yeah. <laughs> but, but it's my dog named bear <laughs> yeah um and i say so what do you think would happen if you got into a fist fight like you would you know just a fist fight with a bear. Yeah, you're naked. And <laughs> yeah, and the, and and of course the answer is always like, well, you'd die. Yeah. You'd obviously die. And I was like, okay, so why is that? Small teeth, small claws, weak, slow. Exactly. Physically, bears are superior to us in every single conceivable way. Yeah. So then that poses the question: Why is it that we run the world and not bears? You know, well, you might say, well. I mean, opposable thumbs, that might have some part of it. But, yeah. I mean, bears could very easily, like, empower, overpower us, enslave us, and force us yeah. to build stuff Next for time them. you run into a bear, use your opposable thumbs to defeat yeah. it. <laughs> like, exactly. That's the thing. Oh, what are you going to exactly. use it to climb a tree? Well, the bear can fucking climb a tree. What are you going to use it to make a tool? Well, that requires higher order functioning. Exactly. So the reason why humans have been able to build all that we build, the reason why we can beat the bears is because of communication. It's because of language. It's because of our ability to collaborate with other people. We're able to collaborate in order to, you know, we could form a hunting group mm -hmm. and we could all have our different roles in order to bring down the bear. Yeah. All right. And some of those roles could even be not even people in the hunting group. Some of those roles could be the people that make the weapons that the hunting group uses. Yeah, All right. totally. That's why you're able to do that. You're able to build buildings that yep. protect you from the outside elements. You do that through cooperation. To the second point that Michael made, which was specifically about the idea of conceptual thinking, that goes back to the idea of social constructionism. Mm -hmm. Now, social constructionism... I mean, we, we hear that term thrown around a lot, like, politically. Maybe Here's you what do it means. in your circles. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, politically. Like, oh, gotcha. It very rarely comes up at work for me, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it comes up at work for me. But I mean, like, in political, in political groups, it's often thrown around as, like, you know, either left-wing people will throw it around as, like, yes, everything's a social construction, or right-wingers will point it, will throw it out and be like, the idea of something being a social construct is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But let's understand what it actually means on an academic level. The idea behind a social construction on an academic level is that you start to form your own sense of self through your interactions with others. Mm -hmm. And you form your perceptions of the world through your, your interactions with others. Mm -hmm. So the example that Michael gave was money, all right? We agree that money has value because we agreed on that. Yeah, for no right. fucking reason. <laughs> for no fucking reason. Like if tomorrow we all decided that the dollar no longer has value, it wouldn't have any value. Yep. All right? If but we note, decided... But no, that doesn't make it fake. Because if any one of us yeah. decided that the dollar didn't have value, it would lose yeah. no value at all. Exactly. It would lose no value at all. If everyone decided that now our currency is bottle caps, it would become bottle caps. If one person decided that, like, that'd that's just be just some... a weird dude collecting bottle caps. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I use that example because that's what they do in Fallout. Um, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Could you but, imagine uh, making it rain with bottle caps, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually do, like, I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I do have a bottle cap in my hand, I do think, like, if I was in Fallout right now. <laughs> some um, rich motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but, but yeah, like, so we form that sense of self through our interactions with others and humans are uniquely have uniquely evolved to develop that. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why all of that is important to understand is that what that means is that no matter how individualistic you are or how individualistic you want to be, you can't live in a vacuum. Yeah. Even if you're a hermit, like you still can't really live in a vacuum sure. because there are all of the skills that you would need to learn in order to be a hermit. You would have still had to learn those from somewhere sure. from someone. Yeah. Like totally. if you, if you, you take a baby out and just plop it in the forest, it would just die because sure. human babies are useless. All right. Yeah. They can't do a damn thing. They have to be taken care of, mm -hmm. which means that it doesn't matter who you are. If you are alive today, you've had to coordinate or cooperate or yeah. receive help from other humans. It is simply the reason why we have been a successful, be it been a success. It is the reason why humans continue to be the dominant species and continue to survive is our ability to rely mutually on each other and to organize together, not individually. And like, so it's, it's, it's interesting to think of like the Republican party is like the party of like, you know, rugged individualism and each person bootstrapping and standing up on their own and all this stuff. And, and it's interesting to think like back on like Obama's speech, like Republicans were fucking outraged when he came out and made his like, you didn't build that speech. Yeah. And his deeper point was that none of us started from zero. All of yeah. us started at the, like certainly in the United States, all of us started in one of the most advanced countries on earth. And in yeah. many, you know, in many countries, you know, you'd be better off, uh, you know, starting off there because if something went wrong, you wouldn't be just be left to the wolves. But yeah. like, <laughs> but like the point is that no matter how individualistic you claim to be, in truth, you're not, right? In truth, you are dependent on, you are both dependent and you want to be dependent on the world and the people around you. And so the idea, like, it's just an incredible amount of cognitive dissonance and like, and like double thinking to say, I'm a rugged individualist. Because like, when you say you're a rugged individualist, when you're an individualist, what you're saying is like two conflicting things. On the one hand, you think that you should, that you can stand on your own and everybody else should stand on their own. Yeah. Right. Cause you, cause one, you can't <laughs> to Nathan's point and two, but, but the thing is like you, be, because you believe that you can, you believe others should. And when they don't, which they can't. So when they fail, you blame them. Yeah. Leads to all kinds of like, like double standards and, and all of these beliefs where you're happy to accept all of the help of and benefits of the community around you, but you don't want to have those benefits in the community around you offered to anybody else. Yeah. I mean, this is the reason why oftentimes when it comes to human progress, what is progressive today will very likely be conservative in 30, 40 so years. Hmm. All right. Give you an example. Civil unions used to be the progressive point of view. Civil unions <laughs> for gay couples, that used to be the progressive point of view. Mm -hmm. All right? Now it's the conservative point of view. Yeah. 
Like if you're saying civil unions, not marriage, that's very conservative, actually. That's even conservative within within the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Because humans do have this natural desire to become better, right? And part of that, the only way that can really be achieved is through cooperation. So to put it this way, think about the Middle Ages, all right? Think about feudalism. When you had all of the power mainly put into like nobles and kings there was no middle class right there was just the upper class and the peasants mm-hmm. right there were so few minds working to make decisions and oftentimes like there would be advisors that would be scared of contradicting what the king sure. would say yeah yeah, yeah. that you couldn't really progress very much mm-hmm. because you could only progress as much as the person who has power. And if only one person has power, and especially if that person's a fucking idiot, which yeah. they usually were, <laughs> you're not or going even to progress. just a normal fucking average person. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Could you imagine how awful it would be to be the king? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. 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 So the reason why in our current society that we've been able to progress is because more people have power than they used to. Now, yeah. of course... We talk about on the pod that it's still there is still a huge disproportionality of power, mm-hmm. mainly based on wealth inequality. That is absolutely true. It used to be a lot worse. Yeah. And the only way we've been able to get better is by working on trying to distribute that power more, mm-hmm. which is why income inequality is such a problem, because money is power. And the yeah. more money you have, the more power you have. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're smart. Some of them might be, sure. but it doesn't necessarily mean that by necessity. Yeah. Evident by the fact that, you know, you have some idiot like Elon Musk who is able to buy Twitter and colossally fuck <laughs> it up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, but to your point, like, spread, like, it's a great argument. Like, spreading out power has led to a tremendous amount of progress. Like, money is power. Spreading out money helps... And, and not just via redistribution in terms of, like, salaries or whatever, but, like, redistribution in terms of, like, education, social benefits. Like, all of the progressive issues are things that are literally meant to be investments in our collective good. Yeah. And it's, like, the people that argue against that are, have this double standard in mind based on a totally erroneous and, honestly, anti-human idea, Right? Like, literally, like, not based in the things that differentiate humans from other animals, idea that the individual is the most important and powerful and, you know, unit that we can all stand on our own. Running the risk of committing the appeal to nature fallacy. Sure. Like, that's absolutely, that is true, though. Like, humans do have an innate need to cooperate with each other. And the more cooperation that we do, the more that we're able to achieve. So, you know, again, I'm not saying that just because it's human nature, it's good, but it is good and it's human nature. Exactly. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And now we'll end, as we usually do, with our highlights. So Nathan, what's your highlight this week? My highlight this week is that if all goes well, tomorrow I will be turning in my grades and I will be done for the semester and I will be on break, which is always nice. 
Um, obviously, I always do uh, miss teaching, and I will miss teaching, but break. they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> and I definitely find that after taking a break, I'm much more excited to teach. That is awesome. I'm glad to hear yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, what about you, Michael? What's what's your highlight? I think my highlight, so Bree had her birthday this past weekend, uh, mm. and we had some friends together in the area, and a party, like our first party in, yeah. like in a fucking years, and it was really fun. It, it, like, I DJed a bit. We had some lights that my brother lent us. It was fun. And yeah. Yeah. And no one threw up on the floor in our apartment or anything. So that was great. Nice. Yeah. It was really and, hap- and happy birthday to her. Yeah. I'll pass and I know along. that she listens to the pod, so she'll hear that I said that. <laughs> I'll just tell her. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll thank the amazing people that make this show possible. So thank you to our patrons, Taylor Bloom, Gerard Viller, Fade Out Scoop, Kyle Chaskin, Tobias Janssen. And thank you to our amazing editor, Kayla Faniff for doing all that she does to make this show happen. And with that, thank you, dear listener, for listening to The Perspectrum, and you'll hear from us again next week.